1: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have this, Christina Powers, who is a clinical Ayurvedic specialist at Yoga for Balance. Formerly a high school administrator, Christina left a 15-year career in education and started developing yoga and meditation programs as an alternative to physical education in Los Angeles public schools and charter schools. And now Christina designs treatment plans for her clients and works with individuals all around the world. Oh, that's fantastic. Christina, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. I've been really um, anticipating, excited about being here with you. Just one little uh, change, it's Christina Sergun Powers. So that's kind of the name that like my uh, my brand name that people identify with.
1: Perfect, well, thank you so much. Now, can you just expand a little bit more on, where are you today with your business and who is it that you love to work with?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, clinical Ayurvedic specialist, I work with clients one-on-one. So something, it's an alternative medicine and something that someone might see their their doctor for, like um, insomnia, rheumatoid arthritis, um, digestive issues, IBS, diverticulitis, just to name a few things, Uh, they'll come to me. And so I also can work with their medical plan, with their medical practitioner, and we can, you know, titrate, come off of medications, it changes, you know, diet plan, um, lifestyle changes, all those things. That's what someone would see me for. And so I work mainly one-on-one with clients. And I'm also expanding to group programs. So if someone's not quite ready to do one-on-one, they can do it in a group situation with me.
1: Lovely. So with with your clients, when they come to you, what is it that you find like time and time again is the first hurdle, the first barrier, that one thing that's, either they need some awareness, or they need work to sort of overcome, what would that be traditionally?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say across the board, it's how they eat and when they eat, when they sleep, when they get up, when they go to sleep, those things right there, if they were just to change that, they wouldn't need to pay so much attention to what it is. People are very you know, they run to the nearest diet, they're getting on the green super smooth um, uh, smoothies, the um, uh, the paleo, the you know, all of those diets um, to do something. But all of that can actually be meaningless and and very unfruitful. If you Mm -hmm. haven't, if you've got your whole biological process out of whack. That means when you wake up, when you go to sleep, what time you eat and what's your mindset around what you eat, because you are building the environment inside and it's coming from, you know, how you're doing things on the outside. So mainly I start with teaching people to regulate, reestablish their whole regulation and metabolism.
1: Mm. That's
2: kind of where we set the groundwork
1: yeah is this kind of a a sort of one size fits all are there some fundamentals we need to look at or is it completely bespoke and unique to 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 you and your body
2: yeah that's a great question so there is let's say the structure there's the fundamental structure and then you kind of go within that and you know Ayurveda has certain body types and we look at the season we look at you know what's going on environmentally around you um and then I go deeper like what is your lifestyle because, you know, you might be a certain type, let's say, you know, I'm just going to put some words out there, for example, let's say you're a pitta kappa type, and, you know, there's a certain markers that we can look at, but then within you, you know, you have a whole life, you have a whole, you know, things that are going on around you, and I can say, okay, there's some things that are aggravating you in this way that might not be the same way that another pitta kappa type might be aggravated, or there's certain things that are going to bring you into balance, so it's, there's a general structure we look at and then it's very much specific to who you are and to you know what is happening in your life
1: yeah this is this is fascinating i love talking about this because on one hand it's like this sounds so simple it sounds almost too simple which is why yeah. i feel a lot of people go towards other extremes other tactics other hacks other methodologies to make it work and on the on the other hand described as like oh my god it's so complex there's so much to this so how do you balance those those two sort of conflicting worlds um, and and beliefs
2: wow you really tapped right into it it is it is extremely simple but at the same time it's complex like i just told you like the the easiest thing that somebody can do is to um regulate the time in which they go to sleep and wake up and the times in which they eat and how they eat. And I'm going to tell you, those are the hardest things. So we start out there and we start kind of like baby steps getting there. And as we continue to add on layers and, you know, and I design, I design herbal formulas for, you know, the mind, the body, everything, you know, whatever you need. um, People usually go to pharmaceuticals. I'm going to design an herb formula and it's going to work with regenerating the tissue. But the thing that's the hardest is to the sleep and the way in which you eat, changing it. And and those are things that because of our culture has, you know, this drive to eat on the run, to not think about what you're eating, to, you know, wake up and get the most out of it. That is kind of what shifted the whole part of the mind body disconnect. And so, um, I'm listening to what's happening. I'm giving, you know, like I said, I'm fine-tuning when I'm working one-on-one. I'm fine-tuning and giving them, you know, things that I might decide for them to do and help them to self-regulate would be completely different with someone else's lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I, I love this. Unforget um, Yourself is the power of woo and the proof of science. We bring these two worlds together from your, talk to you're talking yeah. about. And I love the spreadsheets. Think about the data behind it. When and what to eat, when and how to sleep this is it's just data it's all trackable
2: it it is and one of the things that i do one of the tools i have and some people they they just can't do this i have a whole spreadsheet of it's a food diary so it's what time did you eat and what's the most important thing the very most important thing is how did you feel when you were eating and and that's that's hard for people to get in touch with most people are just eating unconsciously doing something else they think of it as You know, they can multitask while they're eating. Well, that's the number one place people go wrong. That's where everything shuts down right there. And so it's how did you feel when you're eating? And what was the outcome? You know, of course, the elimination is, you know, extremely important following that. You know, like parents know it's very important to look at the elimination. It's the same thing, you you know, you got to look at all those things that we talk about, the poo and all that stuff. But I can look at the data And I can start highlighting, boom, 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 boom. This is where we have excess out of balance. And it might not seem so apparent and we can kind of adjust that way, but it is, it's the data that's really critical to help the individual person.
1: Yeah, now let's balance those two worlds, the the, the woo and the science. What you just said there, and I'm not sure if I've misinterpreted it, but I got all excited because you said, (laughs) how do you feel when you eat it now? Can you expand a bit more on that once I've given you my perception of this? Because my yeah. mind went straight to the energy, went straight to our beliefs, the energy that we bring into this. I mean, we we laugh and joke about, you know, you would never want a chef that's angry preparing your food. Just think of the energy that brings into your food. Um, there's a technique yeah. that a past mentor taught me, you know, energizing your food, rubbing your hands together, talking to your food and hello, food and welcome to my plate. Today, you are the best version of yourself. Oh, look at the, the beautiful eggs, the beautiful toast, sausages, whatever it is you talk to it, and you get to join me and, and come and join me on my journey today. And we get to you get to fuel this body and these cells and nourish me so we can go do some amazing stuff today. Thank you. Do your best. Yeah, that, that's kind of butchered it, but that's kind of it's maybe a prayer. It may be energetic, but to bring this in, it can't help but to fuel you. So your perception, how do you feel when you eat it from a more spiritual, more energetic perspective, what does that say? What does that do?
2: Well, Gashi, you just got me all excited because that's really the heart. If 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 we can get people to that point, all of these other things that they're doing are useless. This is this is the most important thing. Now I'll tell you scientifically what's happening is you are turning your parasympathetic nervous system on. That's what we call rest and digest. When you have your mind on something else like Oh, what's happening on the phone? Let me do here. Let me type here. Let me work here. Oh, I'm driving and I'm eating. When your mind is on something else, you're in fight or flight mode or sympathetic nervous system, there is zero digestion happening. And on a literal level, literally, every single thing you put in your mouth is becoming a cell and part of the cells in your body. That's literally what's happening. It doesn't matter if it's the egg or the pizza or the, you know, the superfood that you're eating, whatever it is. And so when you are energetically changing that, when you really feel Mm -hmm. that now you can do whatever you said, you know, what a prayer or gratitude, or I simply, when people are kind of like in that prayer mode, like, Ooh, I don't want to do any religious kind of thing. That's fine. You take three breaths, three long breaths, and it suddenly sh- immediately shifts the nervous system to rest and digest. The nervous system has to be there. So, you know, there's that whole thing of understanding, like you said, you know, energetically, you and the food, you're asking the food to be part of you. And in Ayurveda, everything is medicine. There's nothing that isn't medicine. But as we know, with every single medicine, it can also be poison. So whether it's a superfood, how you're eating it can become poison. Whether it's you know a pizza, how you're eating it can become medicine.
1: Mm. Oh crumbs! I mean, we haven't got time for this, but we can go down a rabbit hole of like the the, the placebo <laughs> effect or the nocebo effects of what foods can do to you with your beliefs. The belief in this treatment, this program, this food, this methodology, whatever it might be, your belief trumps everything. It does. Everything is made
2: up. It absolutely absolutely does. Now, I'm not going to recommend that you eat pizza three times a day and every single day, because if you don't have a strong belief that that's medicine, um, you know, you're absolutely abusing it. That's what we, there's five ways that we look at. And one of them is, you know, um, the abuse of the intellect and abuse of the senses. You are, you know, excessively putting a certain type of Yes. Food into you that is abusing the senses, and we look at all five senses. So I wouldn't, ne- I would not say, yeah, go ahead and continue eating your Big Macs and you know pizzas every single day. But you can certainly eat it, and it can certainly be medicine, and it wouldn't have that negative effect that people have some sort of guilt around that they so they don't eat, you know greens and dirt and, and minerals and you know th- suddenly they're not healthy that's just simply not true
1: <laughs> yeah and, and and we know we, we can't lie to ourselves we try to oh my gosh and we can avoid but we can't fundamentally so there is a limit to this there is a place so um let's let's take this concept and put it into the the world of being a business owner because yeah. i love about what you do and how you help people but behind the scenes as the business owner, to get to this point, these concepts, these beliefs, these ways of working, these managing yourself, this, what's it like as you go through the, the normal challenges of being a business owner, of growing, of scaling, of communicating with your audience, and managing yourself through, through these stresses and, and these processes?
2: uh yeah i mean basically i have to apply i've had to apply everything that i'm teaching somebody to to what i do if Mm. i hadn't done that if i i mean whether it's you know like i said transitioning from being an um a high school administrator to working one-on-one i had to have gone that road and and done all of these things and still doing all these things yeah um I don't know where to start with the comment because so, it's so massive. To so where can All right, you help? Well, let's me let's, break, this? let's break it
1: break it down. <laughs> back, back to back to our original <laughs> point. Let's let's simplify this. It is the easiest question in the world, and also the hardest because there's so much in there. So, yeah. what what for you um, was the hardest maybe transition away from your old line of work into being a business owner, doing the admin, the marketing, the sales for yourself getting out there, rather than just having to do the job, do the thing, you had to take on all everything as a solopreneur. What was that? like for you?
2: Well, there was a there was like this transition period. It was I I, when I what happened was I was um, in in an offered an internship to have my own school. So I was a high school administrative um, assistant principal in a charter school system. And my whole career had been established on me, my reputation, what I'd done, you know, I'd written grants. I'd done all these great things, you know, building programs, got all kinds of. And and I remember going into my interview and I had my whole portfolio of this, what this and and they're like, I had all the things I'd done go, we don't want to hear about that. We know about you. Where do you want to work? It was like they were just offering me a job and offering me a school. Where Which school do you want to work at? Because we want you. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of how my whole reputation was on my reputation how i moved forward well when i realized that okay i'm going to be going into middle management high stress my, my whole job everything my physicality had all begun crumbling 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 I'm like i don't want to continue in that way i'm not able to bring forward what i wanted to which was help you know students and parents and all that and i said okay no i, I don't want it i thank you for the offer i don't want it i think i want to develop, you know, there's something else I have to offer and I want to develop this. And I began um, developing alternative um, PE programs for high schools throughout all of Los Angeles and that's kind of my first move into entrepreneurship. But in that time, once I go, yay, I didn't accept, I'm quitting my career, all of a sudden I'm like, who am I? (laughs) Who? Who are my network? Where's my network? I had to, I had to build the network. I had to, you know, it's like, I'm not a business owner. I don't do business. I don't sales. Yuck. I just want to do what I'm passionate about it. How do I, you know, setting up all this other stuff.
1: And so I began. There for a minute. Cause that, that, what you just said there is beautiful. I mean, I'm not a business owner. Sales is yucky. There are these, if we talk about the declarations and the energy we bring towards our, to our food and our sleep, the declaration that we're throwing to our business, which is, yeah, I don't believe in you. I I can't do this. Who am I? And I, I don't want to do the fundamental thing that's going to bring in business. Sales has such a bad rep. It's such a negative connotation word, when actually it is the most beautiful thing in the world. You can joke that sales is service and there's all those memes going around, but there is a place of, what what was the biggest shift for you? And I know as you grow, as you're evolving, you keep hitting next level challenges. There's new things that come out. Learning this part of your marketing and sales and being seen, being visible, been able to change the perception of sales to maybe relationship building and discovery. Yes, yes. What's that journey been yeah. like for you right as you go through it right now?
2: Yeah, because I mean, I enjoy having a conversation. It It's exciting to me to have a conversation with another person to learn about them. So, you know, they and to be able to have um, them have a trust value, a trust with me that they can open up and expose some things that are, you know, uncomfortable with them. And I knew that about myself. So when I'm having, you know, my friendships, my relationships, whatever it was, my students, people had a trust in me. And so I learned that. That's my shining star when I'm in a sales call with somebody so you know whatever I call it i'm it's i'm starting to build a relationship it's like we're having a date. And i'm you know i'm talking a little bit about me i'm listening to you we're kind of you know there's things that are interesting and we're kind of building on that and. That's what got me excited, not thinking like, oh, yuck, I have a sales call. How's it gonna go? And, and I remember before going into that, that's how I felt. Um, but when it, when it kind of shifted to me, just like you said, it's building it's the beginning of building a relationship like that, you know, what is that know, like and trust? They're beginning to know you, they're beginning to like you, They're beginning to trust you in that mm. conversation or in the presentation because when I started with schools I was going and presenting in, you know in front of you know the CEOs of the school district or you know, whoever it was and um that's you know where it kind of started
1: yeah and these relationships they changed they evolved in this digital world everything's slightly different it's there's a different way of connecting and yeah. again back to the previous point it, it's it's all it's all just data so Relationship building, lead generation, marketing, the sales conversations—it's all just data. Seeing, okay, well, what is happening? Why is it happening? So if we can dig into this, all the energy behind it. So you've, you've kind of worked through that. Sales is bad. It's don't do sales. Okay, it's a, it's a necessity. And now it's okay. This is where I build my relationships. That evolution—it can be tough. It can be instantaneous once you find the right principle, the right questions to guide. What do you find is the next level challenge for you? What, because we all want to do things in the right way for us. And there is a gazillion methods that work, especially with sales. What do you find that you're trying your hardest to avoid because you don't want to come across in this way? This is not how you do business. And what additional challenges does that that bring up because that actually solves one of the problems? So, how are you sort of balancing? how you want to show up and the way you do it versus the results that's bringing you does that make sense
2: yeah i i think it goes to kind of what we were talking about uh earlier that um i don't want to have uh i don't want to be pressured yeah like i don't like i don't i i i pressure myself enough and i'm really i have clarity i'm really clear on this is what i want this is yeah. you know, not for yeah. me right now this is you know and so As I have these um, sales relationship calls with people and they're super excited and you know they're they fully get me they fully get the whole process and they're excited about it, and they might say "Um, yeah let me think about it i'm no problem when you're ready i'm ready here we go. Uh, Or can we push this off so there's I guess we were talking about there's an avoidance of me to pressure them to talk them into what committing to what we determined was going to be the best value for them in that sales call so that's where kind of my challenges i'm seeing this last month
1: that's super interesting and we find it sort of time and time again that that understanding or awareness of okay we think we're doing things for the, the, the right reason and we could, oh my gosh, we can hold space for this. Um, being a, as a service-based entrepreneur, it's what we do actually really helps people. It's there is that need, there is that desire, there is that care, which is fundamental. It sounds like that's fundamental to your core values. Now, you could argue that holding people accountable to highlighting, having a further conversation in the area that's holding them back the most could be most beneficial that can also be, oh my gosh, the most uncomfortable thing for for us as you know, the people having that conversation, as well as those receiving it. So where do you sort of try and find that balance? Or huh, where, where do you feel like, if you're honest, yeah, I, I, I avoided that. It gave me the, the route out. It, it took me into a place where I can give them the power, build that trust, not give any pressure, However, what it actually did, the fruition point to that action is allow them to put it forward, to offset the decision, which means the dopamine wears off, which means our brain, oh my gosh, our brain as humans, we will find every (laughs) single reason why we can't do something. Very rarely do we go after, let me find every single reason why I should, why I could, because change is hard.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do like there were, um, I had two clients this last, uh, this last quarter. And we kind of got halfway into it. And they were, you know, the excuse making was coming up, they weren't kind of continuing. And I, and I, that's all anticipated, you know, you can yeah. get all started on a program, and everybody is like clockwork, boom, 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 I'm doing this, I'm seeing the changes. That's awesome. And then you get mm. you know, a month down the road, it's like, Oh, this is that that's my my one of my master teachers said, you know, it's not, uh, it's not um will, it's shifting consciousness, your willpower gets you so far, but you must have a shift in consciousness for you to continue mm. to go out the distance. And so I put it to these people, I'm like, Oh, man, okay, what do I got to do? And I went the hard line, I said, What are you doing? Are you in this or out of this? I kind of, you know, this is what you know is going to continue. If you you know, not do this, you can continue yeah. doing the same thing you were going to do before. That's fine. <laughs> so I kind of put the hard line to them. And these are two of the people that had the most success. I would say in the last this last quarter. I mean, huge success. Even more successful than I can envision, which is awesome. Mm. I love that. You know, I have a certain vision, but it's you know, you have your you have to you know have your own vision. I'm not going to do that to every single client. I'm not going to put it hard line to like that every single, like I said, and begin just like what they eat to how they eat and, and helping them learn that is the same with, you know, the, like, you know, how you parents a, a child, you're going to parent one child differently than the other because they have different needs. So, I mean, I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that that was an uncomfortable. There was a moment of me going, I don't want to have that conversation with them. <laughs> I don't want to have, you know, that conversation, yes. but I did it anyway. I, I, I knew what I needed to say and I said it with love Mm -hmm. and I said it with intent, not for, not for attachment to whatever the outcome was. It wasn't attachment for me to get them to do what I wanted them to do. It was, they needed to hear it. And that was the difference. So Ah, I don't know if there's a way for me to relate that to the sales thing. You'll probably say yes, but kind of that's, I'm feeling that's where it is. It's like, that's the thing I don't want to do. And to have yeah. non-attachment that that I'm gonna get the sales call because I said this.
1: Do the thing you don't want to do. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we could absolutely tie this, this sort of thread in here. Hey, what are you doing? Is what you actually said in a kind of a way with, with your client. And you saw the results of that. It was uncomfortable for you, probably uncomfortable for them. But something triggered you to have that conversation. Now, to bring that actual phrase back into your sales calls. Sales calls, discovery calls, relationship, whatever we call this, it's helping yeah. people get through. So um, this actually came up with a, with a a client of ours this morning. So I'll share this live in a moment. It's a case of, hold on, you just told me, here's the line that we shared, you just told me, and insert the challenges and the problems they've been talking to you about, I have just outlined exactly how we're going to solve that problem with you. And you're not biting my hand off for it. really going on and there is a beautiful moment of you've now created a space a direct connection with, with themselves you don't want to have these conversations but you know it's going to be beneficial they don't want to have these conversations but they know it's going to be super beneficial there's a huge amount of decision making comes in here and it's fascinating to see so back to your original question how can we tie these together Step one, I think it's got to be experiential. You've seen the way this works. Now there's different nuances. There's different maybe fears and doubts and overwhelms for you personally or for anyone listening, entering their sales calls, their discovery calls, their connection calls. But to shift that perception and find out what is my driver, why is that controlling me? How can I make a shift of that? And how can I do it while holding my core values strong? There's the superpower. So, is anything coming up for you as I sort of ramble through this?
2: Mm. Um, I, well, I can see the benefit from it because I have seen the benefit in action. And, um, maybe that's just you know something i that i do regularly once you know i get that message from after the sales call that i just kind of think well is there something i can uh, speak to what i feel they might be avoiding i i don't know i'm kind yeah. of rambling there
1: <laughs> i love that we can ramble together because it's all these things in these conversations that will yeah we'll hang up the phone leave the meeting but like ah oh. There are certain things I don't know. There are certain things that I'm not aware of. There are certain things I allowed to be avoided, which if our true purpose is allow people to make the decision to discover from themselves what is truly going on and what the potential is. It's not us discovering as the business owner. What the problem is, it's the prospects making their own discovery. And then we get to make an invitation.
2: Yeah, I think that's, I think you said it right there. That's kind of what happened organically. uh, With these two client examples that I had is that I just I I kind of put pinpointed what my observations were, but I allowed them to make the discovery of what they were avoiding. And then it just allowed them to go deeper into what we were doing. And also to feel that love from me, you know, Mm -hmm. just, you know, pure love that I had a, a love and a care. Um, I don't know, you know, I'm thinking about a particular sales, you know, where she, she just puts things off, you know, indefinitely. And it's, mm. and it's also, you know, like we talk about working with our ideal client. It doesn't, I, I know I could help her, but it, are we the right match and maybe we're not the right match because, you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, gonna have a lot of fun working with somebody who just continues to put things off and has excuses for everything. Beautiful bit of awareness.
1: Let's go full circle. To go full circle here. What you eat, how you sleep, when you sleep. These data points, they're simple, but these data points on I can help everyone, but oh my gosh, I'll say it once again. I say it so much now. What are butts for? Butts are for pooping. Every time we say a but, (laughs) there is a story coming. There is something that's holding us back. I can help all these people, but the curse the service-based entrepreneur oh my word it's a blessing and a curse um look christina thank you so much for sort of playing along with this behind the scenes and also how you help people and looking at the concepts of data and energy and so much more this has been so much fun thank you
2: you're welcome it's been fun for me too
1: i'm so pleased and look if people want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do where can they find you
2: yeah, just simply email me at uh, support at yoga for dot online, And that's all spelled out yoga for balance.online. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Christina Sergun Powers. I have a private group, so you can easily find me and find your way into my group with lots of uh, great, yummy supports and information and video classes and such.
1: Sounds awesome. Go and check it out. I certainly will. And uh, yeah, but thank you again for being here today. It's been an awful lot of fun.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I've had a great time.
1: Oh, you're welcome. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Wanna do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end.
0: Yay, you.
1: So what happens next?